We get married. March 21st, the first day of spring. What do you mean? You want to postpone the wedding? No, no, no. This has got nothing to do with postponing. I just think the first day of spring is the perfect day to get married. You know, spring, rejuvenation, rebirth, everything's blooming, all that. If you don't want to marry me, George, just say so. But I don't want to be a secondary character. Hey, how's it going? Good. Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. This is a podcast about the greatest sitcom of all time, Seinfeld. And uh, each week, myself, Ivan, and my buddy Stephen over there, we talk about the secondary characters from a random episode of the show. And uh, this week, which episode are we doing, mate? We're doing a episode that isn't regarded too highly uh, among Seinfeld fans. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think we agree with that general... uh, I consensus. Guess. Consensus. Yeah. It's uh, the postponement. The postponement, that's right. Season 7, episode 2. And uh, actually, it's quite coincidental, mate. Uh, last week, we actually did The Revenge, and that was season 2, episode 7. So now we're doing the reverse. Yes. 7-2. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely no coincidence. I mean, we just, you know, come up with the episodes. Unless if you want to tell us an episode, we just pick them. Yeah, that's right. If you do want to tell us an episode, you can email bidwabask, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C podcast at gmail.com. Say hello on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Reddit. You can listen to all of our previous episodes uh-huh. wherever you get your podcasts. We are now on Luminary. Which, uh, yeah, uh, which just I, discovered recently. So I, I found that interesting too. Yeah, because I was like Luminary, mm. and uh, yeah, I, I found Bilbo Basque as well. Because yeah. Luminary is like what the Netflix of podcasting. Or yeah, something. it's a yeah, subscription yeah. based podcast app. I've Normalized. signed up for a trial, and there's some pretty good stuff on there. Yeah, mostly us. Yeah, so we're like ninety eight percent of the good stuff, of course. and the other two percent is like. Just us. Yeah. It's all, we're, we're the only good podcast on there. We're the, the luminous podcast we on are, there. Yeah. I mean, you've got all these fantastic award-winning journalists with excellent production values, but then you got us as well, you know, like two bums who talk about Seinfeld. So, yeah. You know, we just, we need to give them a yardstick to aspire to. Absolutely. We should. Yeah. They should. Yeah. yeah. We, we, we should be on the made for us. Yeah. We should be on the premium service. 100%. <laughs> so we're basically rich now. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you do want to support us outside of Luminary though, you can head to our Patreon. Uh, it's patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask and you can check us a few bucks per month for some bonus content. We are, and we're now on PayPal. That's don't right. Forget. Yeah, so in the show notes, there's all the links there. So if you feel like we're worthy of something in the human fund, uh, please. Donate. That's right. Yeah. yeah, if you don't want to commit to a monthly donation, you can give us a once-off, and uh, it would be much appreciated. Absolutely. Seinfeldisms, buddy, I have a really good one for you. I, yeah, you we did mention that. Yes, I, obviously we haven't had one for several weeks because we've recorded, you know, back-to-back and stuff. You know, we recorded, what, four episodes in like two weeks. Well, in in seven days, really. Yeah, seven days. Two, yeah, two on a Saturday and then two the following Saturday. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's been a few weeks, so plenty of time to get some Seinfeldisms under the belt. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I have a really good one for you. So I've begun uh, online study for university. Um, I'm doing a Bachelor of Communications yeah. uh, through Griffith University in Brisbane in Queensland. I know we have many listeners from Brisbane, so uh, hey, <laughs> if you're listening, I'm sure you know what Griffith is. Um, so one of the pieces of assessment I'm doing, um, it's about... Um, the subject's called New Communication Technologies. So basically you learn about like social media and television and all these kind of mediums that help with communication. And then you learn the fundamentals of it and stuff. One of the essays that I have to put in, it's a 1,500-word essay, and I have to analyze an episode of a sitcom that they have on the list. Ah, so I don't on the list? Well, I was going to say, which episode of Friends should I do? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was like, hmm, I don't know, the one which they do what? 
then I was like, nah, fuck it, I'll do Seinfeld. Yeah. So I thought, why not? So yeah, Seinfeld happened to be on the list. That's awesome. It's fantastic. And also, so you'd have to talk about a sitcom episode and a drama episode, one of them being The Sopranos. Oh. So I might do Seinfeld and The Sopranos. Awesome. Yeah. Two which, ticks in my book. That's right. So yeah, as soon as I saw Seinfeld as one of the uh, assessment items, I'm like, yes, I'm going to definitely get a high distinction or an A or whatever you call it. Just submit the podcast for the episode. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I did tell them, uh, funnily enough, um, there's online discussion boards. And uh, yeah, I did tell them I do a podcast about Seinfeld. Nice. So, you know, see what happens. Cool. You've already passed the subject. Yeah, I've already got the degree. Just se- <laughs> The graduation's next week. Just send a link to our <laughs> website to the uh, lecturer or the course coordinator and be like, Past it. Yeah, past it. <laughs> Stick your assignments up your clacker. Yes, exactly. So, uh, yeah, that's my Seinfeldism. I thought you'd uh, enjoy that one. No, that is a really good one. A good yeah. comeback after, <laughs> yes. after being dry for a little while. <laughs> yeah. Good re-entry. Yeah, indeed. Uh, I've got two. So, yeah, a friend of mine who I know that you know, um, but I... Uh, we'll keep them anonymous. Let's ha- call them George and Elaine. <laughs> George and Elaine, exactly. <laughs> yeah. We have a friend, uh, the, the person who I talked to, named, we'll call her Elaine. <laughs> <laughs> no discretion from the rabbi. Uh, he has just started dating a person named Elaine. Okay. Yeah. Excellent. So pretty cool. So another Elaine. So I'm doing acting classes right now, and there's. I told you a few weeks ago that there's actually a student called Elaine. Yeah. So there's Elaines everywhere, and my partner's grandmother's named Elaine too. So when it rains, it pours. When it Elaine it pours. When it Elaine's it rains, it pours. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's something yep. to do with Elaine. When it rain. rains, it Elaine's. Yes. <laughs> that kind of works. <laughs> it does. Close it does. enough. Um, before we get into, oh, do, actually, you had another sign for I this do. Week, yeah. Didn't you? yeah. 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 So I was in Geelong over the weekend. Oh yeah. And, uh, Good part was, of the world there. Yeah, I love it. Uh, and I was just doing a bit of window shopping and uh, I spied a in like a giftware shop, uh, a mug with mm. uh, Jerry Seinfeld on it. Okay. So, yeah. Great. Not, not a bad little Seinfeldism. Uh, sorry, where did you say you were when you got it? Uh, in Geelong. Oh, Geelong. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. can't remember the name of the shop. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I was just walking around like the mall mm-hmm. and I uh, looked in a window and there was a mug there for sale and it had a picture of, or it had like a, a drawing of Seinfeld on it. Wicked. Yeah. Can't complain. Not too bad at all. <laughs> not too shabby at all. Um, just want to say before we do get into Seinfeld news, um, we... Actually, um, we've done pretty well on the US and Australian podcast charts uh, recently. We actually yeah, we, hit, have. we actually hit number one in Australia for TV uh, a couple of weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, thanks so much for subscribing and stuff. It's been really cool. And, yeah, I can't believe it. I had to, like, check it a few times. I was like, are you sure it's not, like, a 1,000? It's, like, number one. It's like, Yeah, wow. where are the zeros? Yeah, where are the they zeros? Follow the one. Exactly. So, in this case, the zeros were actually the front of the one. So, yeah, I was pretty wrapped with that. And, uh, yeah, we're I think at the moment we're still in the top 100 for uh, the US and Australia, and uh, we're charting in a few other countries as well. So, uh, yeah, we're really humbled by that. So, thanks for uh, subscribing and stuff. Yeah, I just thought I'd just give my thanks. Yeah, no, very warranted. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, thanks from me as well. Thanks from us. Yeah, thanks from us. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, tell your friends about us and, uh, yeah, hope you can still hang around and uh, let us do our thing or enjoy what we're doing. Indeed. So, yeah. Anyway, Seinfeld news. Yeah, so a few things to get through because, uh, like we said before, it has been a couple of weeks. Uh, so I'll go through them quickly-ish. First cab off the rank is an interview that uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus did with NPR's All Things Considered, which is their long-running uh, radio show and now podcast. Uh, it's part of an ongoing series about women in comedy. It's called She's Funny. Yeah. And uh, in the interview, she talked about uh, drawing her first laugh as a child from her mother by sticking raisins up her nose <laughs> and uh, the path that that set her on for, you know, comedy queendom. Um, joining SNL in the 80s, which she's talked about quite a bit recently. Um, and a whole bunch of other things. So normally I don't really mention specific interviews in uh, Seinfeld News because, you know, they're all media personalities doing interviews all the time. Yeah. But this one is especially good and NPR's <laughs> interviews are always really, really good. So, yeah, yeah, check it out. The links will be in the show notes. Mm. 
what's next? Uh, recently, so at the moment, there's a bidding war between some media companies for the um, uh, rerun rights for Seinfeld. Yeah, I was going to say, um, if you have Amazon Prime in Australia, you know how they actually had only like five of the seasons on there? Yeah. I've checked on the, um, Amazon Prime and all the seasons are gone in Australia. Yeah. I think that's happened in other countries too. Yeah. From memory. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. It's like, I can't watch Seinfeld anymore on Amazon. It's I'm like guessing, a- you know, if Amazon Prime paid uh, Sony for a certain licensing deal, it's come to an end. It's, it has to have been. Yeah. So anyway, is it who's winning in the bidding war? Right well, now? there's no official uh, leader at the moment, but Hulu's um, licensing deal runs out next year, which yeah. is the start of the bidding war. Mm-hmm. But there are rumors flying around that some companies are offering to pay as much as $500 million wow. for uh, syndication rights, which is just mind-bogglingly huge. I think the show's already made like $3 billion in Something like syndication. That. And I think it's had, what, three three re... What do they call them? Reruns of syndication? What do yeah. they call them? Re... Re, re-licenses re-license, or, whatever. Yeah, whatever. There's like yeah. a term for it. Yeah, I think it's been happened like three times. It's okay. must be the fourth or the fifth time. Yeah, I'm guessing yeah, they yeah. go for five or ten years each. Probably. Something yeah. like that. Wow. Uh, yeah, so in light of that, uh, TMZ were running around LA like they do, trying to talk to celebrities, and they actually caught up with Jason Alexander um, yeah. as he was coming off a flight at LAX, and they asked him about the current bidding war and whether he would receive any money for it. And he actually revealed that he doesn't get any royalties for any syndication uh, of Seinfeld after the show ended. Wow, that's yeah, stunning. Yeah, it, it was just in their contract. So, obviously got paid a mint when he was on the show. Yeah, of course. But he hasn't received him, JLD, or uh, Michael Richards haven't received a cent. Yeah, Jerry, obviously, for production and creating the whole thing. You yeah. Know, got a big chunk. But, but it was uh, yeah. in their contract. Okay, fair um, enough. Yeah, even though they don't own the intellectual property, and Jerry does, fair enough, he receives the, the lion's share. Um, it's pretty normal for actors or anyone involved with the show, especially if it's their image, to receive some sort of syndication royalties, but none of them receive anything. Oh, that's, so that's the he contract said, they sign. Yeah, so. and he, he didn't say it with any sort of resentment or anything. He, I, you know, he knew full well that that's what the deal was at the time. Um, but he basically said to the camera in a joking way, I don't give a shit how much it, uh, you know, how much uh, a media company pays for it because I don't see a cent. So. No, that's fair enough. And I'm yeah. sure him being George has paid you know, for his career a million times over. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it outweighs any no, kind of money. He's doing fine. He's doing just fine. Yeah. yeah. yeah cool. Exactly. Unlike the real Costanza. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that All that penny pinching made him a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he could buy the Yankees. <laughs> Actually, if George Costanza was a millionaire, I reckon he'd just install the best toilet ever. And just fill it up with baseball memorabilia. And he'd at least put the doors down, too. Yep, he he'd organise to get the doors down at Yankee Stadium, like yep. he talks about in the postponement. Yeah, I mean, so. a, a, a slang for a toilet here, and it's probably used elsewhere, is the throne. Yeah. And he would make an actual throne. An he'd actual. make a gold-plated toilet that he could shit on for as long as he wanted. That's right. Reading whatever he wanted, Yankee stuff. And because he'd be such a huge Game of Thrones fan, yep. it'd be made of swords. It'd literally be <laughs> the, the Iron Throne. That's so true. That would work out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Third and final bit of news. Uh, the Forbes Rich List for Highest Earning Comedians came out uh, through the week. And for the first time in 12 years, Jerry Seinfeld has been dethroned. Oh. Uh, he was knocked off the top spot by Kevin Hart, who earned $59 million for the last year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but Jerry did come in second with a cool $41 million, which is actually surprising because he's done his Netflix specials and he's done a lot of touring, but uh, obviously not enough to 
to um to keep his spot. Yeah. Oh, well, right. wait till the syndication rights come through. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be up there. <laughs> He'll be like number one, and then second will be like a quarter of what it is. Yeah. yeah. All of the all of the wealth <laughs> approximations for Jerry sort of are around eight or nine hundred million dollars when the syndication rights come out no oh, i reckon he'll, he'll, he'll be a billion easy. yeah he'll become a billionaire from I that he know, will he'll probably get one or two hundred million from that easily easy yeah yeah so yeah just keeps getting better for him good on him well he's the reason why we're here and doing the podcast that's so it. keep doing what you're doing mate uh did you have any other, other news or uh is that it no that's all the seinfeld no. news so uh yeah as normal all the links will be in the show notes excellent when we come back we'll talk about the postponement season seven episode two and uh not many secondary characters today mate uh, not, not we, really at all no we only have the rabbi who's rabbi kirschbaum or also known as rabbi glickman uh it's his first appearance on the show so we'll talk about him and uh i've got just a note or two about the usher who tells Kramer to leave when he has the cafe latte. Okay. So, yeah, how about I've got you? A, I've got a note or two about Susan as well, even though she's uh, got her an episode from way back when. I think our first What's the Deal With episode, episode yeah. five. Yeah. If my memory serves me correct, normally it doesn't. Mm. Uh, but just a couple of extra points that I don't think we covered in that episode. But, yeah, not yeah. Uh, a bit of light, uh, a bit light on the secondary characters. Oh, that's fine. It'll be a nice short episode. Anyway, we'll be back. Hello, folks. Matt McCoy here, a.k.a. Lloyd Braun from Seinfeld. And I'm telling you right now, I do not want to be a secondary character. Hello, listening people. Hello. I'm Ryan. I'm Bartek. And we are from the Spit and Polish Presents podcast. Bartek, what kind of podcast is that? We talk about film. Films? Films. Films, Ryan? Films, Ryan. Films by me, Ryan (laughs) Slawinski. One film per episode in three different formats. Exactly right, Bartek. And we're the only podcast that happens to be spitting and being Polish while we do it. We discuss the movies that few dare to discuss. You can find us on all of the social medias. Except for Instagram and MySpace. Except for Instagram and the unused MindSpace. MindSpace, MySpace. We are on Minecraft, though. (laughs) We're not, but I think my brother is. (laughs) Basically, any platform in which you can find a podcast, Spit and Polish Presents, you'll find us. Welcome back. This week we are doing the postponement. Let's do some episode trivia. Uh, I'll kick off. Uh, so one thing, my favorite bit of trivia for the week is that the scene where Jerry and George are discussing him potentially breaking up with uh, Susan. Um, George looks over and he sees a, a man callously breaking up with a woman and not really caring about her feelings. Yeah. That was actually inspired by a real-life event that Jason witnessed. <laughs> um, he claims to have witnessed a similar scene. Um, when a famous actor who kept calm and indifferent while his famous actor and uh, actress girlfriend cried uncontrollably. Isn't that funny? And we don't know who it actually is. Yeah. And he has been asked to name names, but he's uh, kept tight lipped about that because he's a, he's a man of principle. Yeah. Unlike, named, unlike a stanza. <laughs> he named names. Yes. <laughs> yeah. um, bit of trivia also I have about the episode. Um, when Kramer crawls to his seat after being burnt, uh, he accidentally injured one of the extras feet. Oh. Yeah. I'm guessing as he stepped. You know, because yeah. he's got the coffee all over him and then he just, you know, steps all over the poor bugger's feet. So, yeah, yeah he copped, uh, he or she copped uh, Michael's foot on his, on theirs. Yeah, I feel like crazy. in a scene with Michael Richards and others where he's doing physical comedy, there's always potential for collateral damage. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, he just loves waving his arms around and, and all that kind of stuff. So, it makes perfect sense. Did you know, or did you notice, Steve, that uh, uncommon for episodes prior to season eight, the episode doesn't have a stand-up routine by Jerry? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Obviously, very rare in seasons eight and nine but season seven still had them wonder why that is maybe they just had a bit too much footage probably they didn't have yeah. enough 
or, you know, maybe the network that year increased their ad running time. So they're <laughs> yeah. like, got to cut out the stand up. That's right. We need yeah. more fucking ads. And more ads. <laughs> I'm probably just experimenting because at the end of the day, season eight and nine, it was just essentially, yeah. you know, that was the norm. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. Maybe it was just a trial. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, unlike George's good idea in this episode, and I think it is a really good idea, I'm on his side when it comes to his discussion with Susan. Uh, doors, and this may just be in the US, I uh, can't speak for other places, but doors uh, on bathroom stalls can't go all the way to the floor. And that's uh, in order to provide adequate ventilation. Yeah, that's right. And in a yeah. stinky, you know, <laughs> shit den, you need a bit of ventilation. So, <laughs> you sure do. Yeah. I love when um, George is trying to, you know, explain the story to Susan. And then Susan's like, can we change the subject? Yep. Yeah. Change the subject. Change He's in a monologue. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. I love that, like fake smile that he does you know that ends the scene is just like mm, <laughs> that smug look. everything's fine <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah and he's just second guessing everything that's right uh the character of the rabbi or rabbi kirschbaum as he's later known uh, he's named after writer bruce kirschbaum and uh, he involved evolved from a sketch on a tv show from the 80s called fridays i think it, from memory i'm pretty sure fridays was like a spin-off of saturday night live or something like we we never had fridays here in australia so if you were a fan of fridays let us know what it was uh, i'm pretty curious i think it was a spin-off of saturday night live steve okay i think yeah had sure. larry david and all that i'm pretty sure um so bruce kirschbaum and larry david they portrayed rabbis who had their own television program huh. much like kirschbaum uh called live and be well and uh, bruce marler who plays the rabbi in this episode he also worked on the show along with michael richards and uh writer larry charles oh huh. there you go cool keeping yeah. it in the family indeed do you have any more trivia uh yeah just one more so i like this one as well so apparently if you look i didn't actually see it i've just read it now um, but <laughs> you I like the just idea Google of the postponement you're like yep got <laughs> yeah. it got Trivia. it uh if you look closely at the beginning of the episode you can see that kramer has a game of noughts and crosses written in the dust on his car window he does yes as he's trying to back in yeah into the car spot <laughs> i love how jerry and elaine are just so blase about his like shitty parking job they're like that looks about in like, yeah whatever <laughs> <laughs> love it love it um yeah that's all the trivia that i have yeah so i'll just give a quick synopsis of the episode season seven episode two is the postponement our first aid in the u.s on september 28th 1995 uh, this one was directed by andy ackman and written by larry david larry david larry david elaine's dog problem is solved by a rabbi in her apartment complex with a cable show played by bruce marla elaine later confides in the rabbi about her insecurity about george getting engaged the rabbi later tells several people including Jerry about Elaine's insecurity towards George's wedding. Kramer's involvement in the dog napping from the previous episode worries him. George decides that he wants to postpone the engagement until March 21st. His first attempt to postpone the wedding leads to Susan, Heidi Swedberg, becoming hysterical and bursting into tears. Later, George gets the idea to be nonchalant about the whole thing after watching a man break up with his girlfriend at Monk's. Intending to try a similar approach, he breaks down in tears and begs Susan to postpone the wedding, touched by his show of emotions. Susan agrees to postpone the wedding. Kramer and Jerry go to see Plan 9 from out of space at the cinema and uh, Kramer sneaks in gourmet coffee spills it and scolds himself and uh, you know to Stephen how Jerry references the Chinese restaurant yeah yeah because yep, that I'm, was the movie that they were trying to go see all those years ago yeah I only picked that up in the third watch this week yeah crazy yep. eh I, I I paid attention to it but I didn't put two and two together <laughs> I know it's good. It's like because Jerry's mentioning it, and he's like, "Yeah, there's we meant to go to this see this movie five years ago in this Chinese restaurant, and blah 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 blah." And I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, <laughs> great yeah. reference." Um, 
I wasn't going to say. Uh, the episode ends with Susan and George watching the rabbi's TV show and the rabbi recounting the story Elaine told him, uh, including a part about George um, wanting to know if it was still cheating if he paid for a prostitute while engaged, <laughs> resulting in the wedding's postponement being revoked. Yeah. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah, so that's a, the plot synopsis of the episode. And uh, I guess let's talk about secondary character. Because we only have one. One, really. Yeah, and a couple yeah. of notes on the others, but nothing substantial. Yeah. Um, we- before we do get into it, other secondary characters just want to mention uh, include uh, John uh, Rubano and Evie Peck. They play the couple of monks. Yep. Yeah. The couple who break up. That's right. You going to have those? You eating those? <laughs> you eating that? You eating that? Yeah. Cold. As cold as ice. Willing to sacrifice our love. That's all I know. Yeah, me too. And it's got that nice drum fill. Yeah, good song. Seen it before, see it all the time. Let's talk about secondary characters before people turn off. Um, <laughs> Rabbi Kirschbaum. Yeah, no. Rabbi Kirschbaum slash Glickman is the first character, or the only one, I guess. Um, played by Bruce Marler. He's appeared in the films Friday the 13th, the final chapter, Police Academy, and Police Academy 6. His character would appear again in The Serenity Now and the finale, both, of course, in season nine. So what do you think of him? Uh, he's pretty annoying. Very. Um, and he ve- talks monotone like this. Yeah, he kind of sounds like bad AI yeah. in a way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like shitty, you know, like <laughs> shitty uh, like voiceover software or something. He's yeah, just like, yeah. well, Elaine, <laughs> you know, they do say in the Torah, or I don't know, whatever he fucking says. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, look, I think he's a nice man with a nice heart, but he's just a bit careless. I think he's and an a bit asshole. Long. I don't think, well... <laughs> I think, you know, he I, tells people their secrets, you know, yeah, to other people. It's, it's, I think it's, it's just a bit ignorant. I, yeah. don't th- I don't think it's malicious or intentional. Okay. I think he just doesn't understand that sometimes things are told to him in confidence. Yeah, yeah. Um, not excusing that. Like, that's pretty rude, especially something as personal as expressing you. I mean, it's, it's tantamount to a therapist just going out and blabbing to whoever yeah, about whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, like if, if someone came up to me and said this is how I feel about my friend doing something significant in their life, you would assume that, well, that's confidential information and I'll I'll listen to them and help them out and I won't repeat it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think that makes him a bad person, just someone who has a lack of understanding about privacy and discretion and boundaries. But I still think he's a nice man. Like, he wants to help people. Uh, you know, he's always very pleasant. He always likes to make conversation. He seems genuinely interested in people's well-being. Mm, yeah, he does. Yeah, um, okay. You know, like when he says to Elaine, how are you doing? It's not just a throwaway conversation starter. He genuinely wants to know. Um, but yeah, on the on the other end of that, he should learn how to keep his mouth shut. Keep his mouth shut. Yeah. And, and it's funny because he has the vehicle of cable TV. Yeah. And I love how, you know, George and Susan are in the credits. They're watching the, the show. And then he mentions Elaine and George. And uh, yeah, I could imagine, well, obviously cable TV, I think that was more of an outlet for people who didn't really have the money to, you know, go on network TV and all that kind of stuff back in the day. I, I guess it was like pre-YouTube, I suppose. You kind of had to... I guess it filled the, the, the role that community TV does in a way as well, like PBS, yeah. cable TV. like Public just, access television yeah. or whatever you call it. Yeah, I think PBS is their public television, public yeah. broadcasting. Yeah, I guess it's like, like the ABC and SBS. Over yeah, because they always do like yeah. PBS. Well, they do the, the pledge drives yeah, you that's know, right. for PBS. So Stop I think it's like, the show. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm, sure, uh, um, I'm sure his show was you know, on a similar channel to that or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think he's a bad man. I think he just needs to learn somehow that uh, information told in confidence should be kept in confidence. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, he, I think, is a very deep thinker. And I think one thing he doesn't really know how to do is tailor his conversation style to the mood yeah, or to the, yeah. to the situation. Like, I think it's really cool uh, when people get deep when the mood suits getting deep. Mm-hmm. You, know, he, I, yeah. you know, I like a deep philosophical conversation when it's appropriate. But if it's just a, a time to have some chit chat or small talk, that's perfectly fine too. I don't think he can read situations very well. No, he definitely can't. He's really not aware. No, he's sort of in his own little world. Yeah, he's yeah. a bit of a space cadet in a way. <laughs> but he's not dumb. He's just not completely connected to reality or what's appropriate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, I can't remember what he actually says, but Elaine is talking about him, and he says, "You know, Elaine." That, you know, he just starts waxing philosophical about something and it's like, this is not the time or the place. No, no. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I think he means well and I think he's got a good heart. Yeah. He's just needs to learn, you know, a bit more just, you know, what's appropriate, really. Yeah. Yeah. But I definitely wouldn't give him any of my secrets. If I knew he was going to be like that, that's ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) I can understand why Elaine's pissed off. Yeah. I actually don't like him because of that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) It's just real. I mean, you know, Elaine has like a real grievance, you know, her friend gets engaged. I know she thinks nothing of George, but you know, the fact she's, he's getting engaged and she isn't, she obviously feels very lonely and, you know, bitter and stuff. And uh, yeah, he decides just to tell everyone about it. I think it's really rude. Yeah. See, I think he's, I think he's redeemable. Like some people, if you brought that up and said, "Oh, hey, maybe you shouldn't gossip as much, or yeah. maybe you should keep some information private," yeah, yeah, especially if it's told to you in confidence, I think he would be the sort of person that would feel really bad for it, apologize, and try really hard to change that. Mm, Whereas okay. I think I think a bad person wouldn't care, or they just go, "I don't," you know, whatever they dismiss it. Whereas I think. Um, yeah, I think I think he he's just not aware that what he's doing is not cool. Yeah. But yeah. if if someone told him that he should change, I think he would genuinely change like overnight. <laughs> so I think that makes him a good person, but just someone who. Uh, I mean, he has the just, right intentions, but he yeah. just doesn't execute them well. Not excusing Much like many that. other characters on Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there's a delineation between a bad person who wouldn't change and a good person who's just making a mistake repeatedly and just has no idea about privacy and discretion. I think he's in the latter category. Okay. Yeah. Cool. But yeah, it's still if 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 I told you a bunch of personal information um, or anyone, and then you went out and blabbed that to everyone the day after, I'd be very upset. Of course, you know, there's yeah, there's an inherent trust in 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 disclosing of personal information amongst friends and family. Or I'd at least say that I've got a friend. Let's <laughs> yeah. just call him Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> I do a let's say podcast with him about a show, <laughs> yeah. a ninety sitcom, and we shall. Assume it's Seinfeld. Yeah, Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, but he is annoying too. He's just too like this. The way he talks, I'd just be like, I'd, I'd try and avoid. If I saw him in the hall, I'd be, I'd pretend to be on my phone. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, he's so punishy, right is he? Yeah, isn't he? Yeah, he's just. He's just in his own little world. He's a bit of a space cadet. <laughs> Absolutely, a Jewish space cadet. <laughs> yes, but we do see him, like I said, in later episodes as well. So yep. yeah. One thing as well I noticed is that he seems to have a real affinity for snacks and he seems to like offering snacks. Like both of the time Elaine comes to see him yeah, when she initially confesses about her feelings about George's marriage mm. and also when she comes to, to um, you know, have a go at him for spilling the beans, both of the times he offers uh, her snacks. He's like, I have this biscuit or something like that. So, I don't know, he seems to have a real 
I don't know, maybe it just has like a cupboard full of snacks or... Yeah, yeah. Know, maybe he like, just has all these snacks but no one to share them with. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Do you think he seems a bit lonely at all or just... Well, I think like you said, he's a space cadet. I think he's mm. in his own world. Yep. I think in a way he probably works better alone. Okay. I don't know. You know, some people, you know, don't really have the social cues or in fact the social circles. So they just thrive on their own. I think yep. he's probably one of those people. He sounds like he's got a lot of sway with regards to the, um, whatever you call the body corporate in the United States, the super... Kind of oh, yeah, duties. Yeah, yeah. I think he's got a lot of sway there. I think he's got a lot of people on his side. Yeah. Maybe he blackmails them saying, oh, I'm going to tell everyone about your secrets if <laughs> no, I don't, I don't get my way. A, I don't no, think that's he's not a sinister, is he? No. That'd be funny, though, if you use that as like leverage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are other characters who would. George would do that. Oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Even Jerry or Elaine, if it suited them. Yeah. Well, last week in The Revenge, um, George goes to Glenda, his uh, co worker, and says, I'm going to pull off that wig if you don't move. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he so. uses people's uh, vulnerabilities against him if it suits his needs. <laughs> That's the George we know and love. Maybe he's only got influence because people just eventually just say yes to him just to shut him up. Probably, like, yeah. You know, is that like a, you know, uh, what do they call it? Like a, a meeting for the apartment complex to sort out issues or whatever. <laughs> and when it's his turn to speak, he just rabbles on and on and on. And they're oh, just like, yes, the okay. Yeah. Uh. yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> It's so annoying sometimes. Yeah. But yeah. Was no. that a dig at me? No, 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 no. I'm not joking. you. No, of course not. Uh, yeah, there are people that like that out there. Absolutely. Uh, Especially with all... meetings and stuff. Yeah. You know, just certain circles. You know what of, I'm talking about. One of the best uh, t-shirts, I think I've seen it on mugs and t-shirts, is uh, I've survived another meeting that should have been a fucking email. Oh, so tell many. me about it. Eh? Yeah, like some meetings are really important. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's really important to get people around to discuss shit. But when it's just someone talking at you about information and they're just reading it off an email, it's like, just send the email. Just send the email. Just and at least it's in written form and I can go back to it and read yeah. it in my own time. Yeah. You know, I don't need you to yak. Yeah. <laughs> some things are suited to meetings. Some are suited to emails. Most meetings should just be fucking emails. So that cup. Yeah. Or t-shirt is very relevant. Very relevant, indeed. especially in the office environment that we work in. I don't know how that's going to be a Seinfeldism, but I'm sure we can fit that <laughs> yeah, in somehow. I'm sure we can. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have about the rabbi at the moment. I guess when we do the serenity now and eventually the finale, we can uh, delve more into the rabbi. Yeah. But at, in this episode, he's not known as Rabbi Kirschbaum. I, I don't believe. I think he's just known as the rabbi in the building. Don't no, you? he is Rabbi Kirschbaum. Oh, I he think, is referenced think, as Kirschbaum. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. Uh, Jerry or George, maybe someone mentions his name. Oh, sure. I can't remember who. But I think he's also known as Rabbi Glickman okay. in later episodes, from what I can see. I oh. don't remember that, but okay. like I said, I guess when we go to those later episodes, we'll uh, figure it out ourselves. I wonder if the character has two names or if they just changed his name. No, I think it was a change of name, okay. I'm pretty sure. Oh. Yeah. Anyway. Fair enough. Indeed. Uh, do you have any notes about anyone else? Oh, you have uh, some notes about the Usher, Just the you? Usher, yeah. He's played by Kelly Perrin. Um, he's appeared in the Drew Carey show, an episode or a show we talked about last week, mm. and uh, Night Squad. Um, he's received many accolades for his acting and production in independent films. Oh. Uh, he's appeared or in, uh, he's won awards rather at festivals in Manhattan, Illinois, San Diego, and Houston, among many others. So he's pretty, uh, pretty popular among the indie film scene recently so yeah good on you kelly um yeah the usher um yeah I, I just thought it was funny because he's just you know does his job he probably sees all these larrikins all the time and you notice how coffee um coffee kramer spills coffee on himself but the usher doesn't seem interested in it yeah. he just yeah you know, normally if someone spills hot liquid you're like shit even though it's against the rules you think oh my god yeah you're, the, right? you're still concerned about the well-being he doesn't care the usher's like just get out you know he's i've seen jaded. it all before he's, he's like, jaded i've yeah. been an usher for 20 years Nothing phases. Yeah, me. exactly. Yeah, I think he's just he's 
been in the game for ages. And and, uh, and the he, fact that he knows that Kramer's got a coffee without even seeing it is like, have you got a cafe latte in your jacket? He must see coffee spills all the time. Oh, absolutely. So he's just like, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. And it was funny how this was a reference to the McDonald's coffee case. In yeah. The 90s. It was, I think, was what was it? A lady went through a drive through and ordered a coffee and then she spilled uh, it on herself. Yeah, I think or something. she ordered a coffee and she spilled it on herself and she tried to sue them. But it turned out she was a total scam artist. Yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, it was like a big, long thing. And it, but it, it changed, um, I guess, like fast food rules and serving, you know, uh, processes and stuff in America forever. Yeah. So even yeah, though yeah. she didn't win, it definitely it was, made an impact. Yeah. And yeah, it, yeah. there was a lot of holes in her case and stuff. Um, and she, I think she had a history of making fraudulent claims or something like there was some dodgy shit on her side. I can't remember. Sure, sure. But it still did have an impact in that it changed so much. Yeah. And then I think in the next episode, we see Kramer uh, reunite with Jackie and uh, <laughs> they try and do the thing. <laughs> I forgot. I think we've done that episode before. Yeah. Um, is that yeah. the. The coffee? I can't remember. Oh, I forgot. Oh, well. We've done so many. Um, but yeah, no, it's awesome how like <laughs> they're like, we'll offer you a lifetime or a year's worth of coffee. And Kramer's like, oh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. And then in the car, Jackie and Kramer are like, what are you thinking? <laughs> Jackie's like, what are you thinking? Kramer was just too keen. Just yeah. jumped too early. <laughs> he did, yeah. So it's good, rare. So. I like how this episode uh, just sets up the next episode and it just leads straight into it. It's pretty rare for Seinfeld. Like yeah. obviously there's a lot of relation, especially if it's like a two-parter episode. But it's so rare that an episode, the final scene, directly leads into the the main storyline from the next episode. Yeah, I like that. I did mention to you earlier that the postponement is essentially a filler episode. Yeah. It kind of links the last episode and then the next one. Yeah. I know. There's not many Seinfeld episodes like that. And also, and, and I think I talked to you about in the car as well, in this episode, nothing happens to Jerry. Like, he just coasts through the air. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. The nothing only, happens. The only thing, the only importance he plays in terms of plot is uh, dobbing Kramer in, which kind of sets up the whole situation and then the next episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, that's really kind of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, he wants to go to the movie, which sets up the situation as well, but they're just decisions he makes that kind of drives Kramer's plot. It's not essential... You know, anyone could have done that. Yeah. It's not Jerry essential. So, yeah. And then Jerry predicts what happened to George. He's like, she cried and you caved. Yeah. How do you know that? I live and, and breathe, breathe, my friend. My friend. <laughs> live and breathe. I love how he thinks he's like the arbiter of life. Yeah. He thinks like everything, he, he's just got the answer for everything. Well, he is. You know. Even though he's arrogant and a bit of a prick, he is kind of wise. Like, <laughs> yeah, normally, yeah. normally the things that he predicts come to pass. Like, he's good at reading people. No, he sure is. I mean, is, that's yeah. why he's an observational comedian. He's, he's hyper-vigilant. Yeah, he, yeah. he sort of, he can predict what's going to happen because he is good at figuring out what <laughs> makes people tick. Yeah, yeah. You know, and what, what will happen. So, yeah. Uh, the only note that I had for Susan, um, additional to the episode that we've done on her way back when. Played by Heidi Swedberg, of course. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh I guess I was surprised that she fell so easily for George's crying. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. it's pretty normal for, uh, you know, if you're in love with someone or if you have a connection with someone, if they're very upset, obviously you show them empathy and you try and make them feel better and stuff. But she knows George well enough to know that he has got a very conniving side. And the fact that he wants to change the wedding, she gets upset. And then he goes, oh, no, 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 we don't have to change it. And then the next day or later that day or whatever, he, he comes crying. back. Yeah. He starts crying. Like, uh, Susan's a really smart woman. And the fact that she just buys straight into it without sort of thinking, hang on, like, is he being manipulative here? It's, mm-hmm. it, it was just surprising, I guess. It was just it, convincing it, by George. Yeah. Maybe, um, you know, George has never cried in front of Susan. Okay. So Maybe she know. was just so surprised yeah, by the emotional yeah. expression that yeah. she had no time to be cynical. Mm-hmm. But I reckon, like, if... 
if this storyline played out a bit more, if you or if you saw what happened afterwards, eventually she'd understand. What, yeah, once she came to terms it, yeah, with yeah. it, I think she would have like the gears would have turned and she would have gone, <laughs> "Hang on a minute, like this something's off about this." Yeah, yeah, something's not right. Yeah, it was just weird in the moment. I'm like, Susan's usually a bit more savvy than that. Yeah, but you know, oh well. Oh, well, it would have been funny though if George did it and then Susan was like, nah. No. <laughs> just walked yeah, off. Just shut him down. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been awesome. We're actually bringing the wedding up closer. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the opposite yeah. The opposite effect happened. <laughs> well, that's all the secondary characters for this week's episode. We'll take another quick break and after that we'll find out where the episode sits in the episodes we reviewed our so far. Reviewed so far. Yeah, and if the Rabbi Kirschbaum or the Usher make our top 20 secondary characters of all time, we'll be back. A young lady I know. Let's call her Elaine. (laughs) Happened to find herself overwhelmed with feelings of resentment and hostility for her friend. Let's call him George. (laughs) She felt that George was somewhat of a loser and that she was the one who deserved to be married first. This is But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character and this week we spoke about the postponement from Season 7, an episode that I describe as a filler episode, i.e. not much goes on and I guess it preludes and concludes or whatever you call it. It leads from the previous episode, I should say. A bridge episode. Yeah, a bridging episode. It leads from the previous one and leads into the events of the next episode. So nothing really much happens. No. Which is interesting. Um, So out of the 98 episodes that we've done, Steve, where does the postponement sit for you? 98. 98, yeah. It's my least favourite episode. Fair enough. Fair Um, enough. I just didn't care about anything that was happening. Yeah. It's just like, it all is just so ordinary. Yes. It feels like the writers were... You know, they finished up writing for the season and then they actually looked at their, um, you know, their production allocation. And they were like, oh, shit, we're actually, we, you know, we wrote 21 episodes, but we're supposed to write 22 episodes. It's like they forgot to write an episode. Yeah. And then they yeah. just like smooshed this into the to the episode list like the day before it was due or something. It just felt so rushed. You did, yeah. Barely fleshed out. I thought some bits had potential um, and could have been like teased out to be something a bit more substantial, but... Yeah, by far the weakest episode for me so far. Absolutely. For me, 96. Okay. So, yeah, pretty close. On the bottom, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, same for me. Like, you know, usually even if it is a filler episode, things happen. Like, season four had a couple of filler episodes, but at least there was some stuff in it. Yeah. Some content. This one, yeah, it just felt like like Jerry was coasting through it. Usually something happens to Jerry, but nothing happened to him. Uh, I don't know. It was just like, because obviously the main story arc of season seven is Susan and George and Susan's eventual, you know, demise. That's like the main arc. But I think they could have just done something, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. It was just like they just whipped something together and thought, oh, Larry must have been busy with something. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I'll just write this. Here you go. Yeah. It's like, cool. You need something. He was trying to, you know, meet the obligations with NBC or something. He's like, oh, here you go. Yeah. Here, here's another 30-minute episode. Yeah, it just feels like, episode. you know, the yeah. at the NBC handed them a brief, like, this season we want 22 episodes per the contract. They're like, yeah. yep, cool. We'll not have 22 awesome episodes. And they, like, you know, they, they dusted their hands. They were like, we're done, boys. Another season. Yeah, uh, yeah. We've only got 21. Oh, shit. <laughs> you know, an hour before. It's like, it's like it felt like cramming before an exam. Yeah, exactly. You know, just like, oh, crap. I forgot yeah. to study that whole textbook. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so, I guess I can read my bottom five. Uh, or maybe my bottom ten while I'm there. Sure. You know, might as well. I haven't. It's very rare that I read the bottom ten, the worst ten episodes that we've done. It's rare that we read any of them. Yeah, any of them, yeah. I mean, usually we do the top tens. But my bottom ten, uh, number 98, is the stakeout. I think I might have to 
to rewatch that one again because a lot of people like it. Maybe I'll give it another crack. It's a good episode. Go, yeah, maybe I, I misunderstood it. I don't know. Um, 97, The Puerto Rican Day. 96, The Postponement. 95 is The Heart Attack. 94 is The Nap. 93, The Strong Box. Uh, 92, The Statue. 91, The Wig Master. Number 90 is The Old Man. 89, The Wife. Okay. Yeah, so that's my bottom 10. Cool. Yes. I don't have my list in front of me, but okay. uh, yeah. If you want to check it out, there'll be a link in the show notes. Indeed. Uh, I'm going to guess that none of the secondaries appear in your top 20 or 30 or 50 or 100. Nah. Nah. Not even close. I'm the same. Yeah. 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 Uh, Well, I do like Susan, but she's already in the top 10. Yeah, she is. Yeah, me too. She's number five, I think, for me. Yeah, I think she's six or seven for me. Yeah. That is another week. Oh, but I don't want to be a secondary character. Thanks for listening. Uh, what a bit of a shorter week? episode than usual. Yeah. Uh, we're doing season eight's The Package, nice. the one where Uncle Leo's eyebrows get blown up. Yep. I don't like your demeanor. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yes. Yeah, great. A good episode. Yeah, very funny. Very yep. funny slapstick season eight episode. Yeah, it'll be good yeah. to get back to a stronger episode after this week's not yeah. so strong episode. Well, we are committed to do every single episode. And uh, if you want to hear the episodes that we've done, you can always subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, all those other awesome podcasting services. Send us an email if you want. You can follow us on social media. You can find all those links in the show notes. Uh, if you want to donate some monies, patreon.com forward slash bidwabask, or uh, you can find us on PayPal. Um, the name of the PayPal account might be a bit different to Bidwabas, so but it is us don't worry we're not scamming you um but yeah um so yeah if you feel like we're deserving of any dollars please uh do so yeah we'd really appreciate it so uh this is a fun hobby for us but it does cost a few bucks to keep going so if you think we're worthy of support throw us a few bucks and yep. we will appreciate it immensely yeah and with the money that we have already raised we actually put it towards new audio equipment so we've yeah. got new microphones oh well new microphone interface and a few other things as well so yep. your money has actually gone to really good things yes yeah, so so your money makes us sound less shit. Exactly, yeah. And that's why um, you know Luminary Premium considers us as the number one. Yeah. <laughs> that's why they built an app. They were like, well, I haven't bought a new sound thing. Yeah. And that's why we went number one in Australia. Yeah. You know, on, for TV. Purely for that. Purely for Luminary that. Luminary were like, well, we better build a fucking app because I haven't bought a new thing. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep supporting us. Indeed, yes. My name's Ivan. And I'm Stephen. And we will see you next week for the package. You have a good one and uh, we'll see you then. Catch you. Bye. Bye.